Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise together. Friends, Romans, rise together, listeners. Merry Christmas. Uh, Dave here. Solo episode. We are talking the holidays, all the things that go into the holidays, the good, the bad, the uh, confusing, the anxiety inducing. Uh, It's a full smorgasbord of things. And I'm recording this the day before the episode is actually coming out on December 15th, which in my new normal ends up being Christmas Day here at the Dave Hollis Residence in Dripping Springs, Texas. Uh, We are having our first year where there is an exchange of kids, as it were, where I will have humans in the back half of the Christmas break. Rachel will have kids in the first half of Christmas break. And it's the first time in the lifetime of my children where they are going to experience Christmas morning without both of their parents being there. And this is like one of 150 different things that ends up being part of a new normal inside of this transition of what was for what is and the adjusting to our new normal. And so I thought I'd just have a little bit of a conversation of, well, the holidays at large, but also the way that, especially if you've gone through any kind of transition in your relationship status, if you have 
uh, gone through divorce, if maybe your kids have grown up and headed out of uh, the house and you find yourself now as an empty nester trying to define what your new traditions are going to look like, um, the way that you can find this kind of season a mix of emotions and how normal that ends up being. I, uh, I'll take you back to the beginning of this season for me. I uh, went to the garage where all of the, the things that we have for Christmas end up being stored. And I pulled out, you know, and it's not like there's so many boxes, but, um, and interestingly, there's not so many boxes in part because of the way that the boxes of Christmas decor were dibbied up in the aftermath of divorce. But the things that are still left uh, were things that I now was bringing out so that I could start the decorations for the house and part of the like earlier timing, this is like the end of November, uh, was prompted by this reality that my schedule in the holiday is now going to be different than it has been historically. Not that anyone asked, but uh, I have the kids until today, December 15th. Why we're having our Christmas here at the house is because they're heading out to meet up with their mama and enjoy the week and a half's worth of time between now and uh, and the day after Christmas, and will then, after experiencing Christmas with her, transition into a Christmas week and a half with me. But I knew, hey, you've only got a limited amount of time to really create the festive feeling that you'd hope for inside of your house, and so you got to start a little bit earlier. So I get these boxes out, and... It was a thing that I had been looking forward to and was totally unexpecting the emotional response that I had to, uh, to getting into the season at large. Uh, I, I don't know that I expected that the way that grief works, the way that adjusting to a new kind of normal ends up working is that, of course, it's nonlinear. You have a string of good days or a string of good months or a string of good years. And then something pops up and it brings you to your knees or it makes you want to cry or it brings you back to the grief that you, of course, are still and likely will always be processing. You just process it in a little bit of a different way as time goes by. I open up this box and the first thing, why was this the first thing that is sitting inside of this box is a Thanksgiving card that, or project that Fort Hollis, my, my beautiful, sweet, amazing, now nine-year-old son who is just, he's an empath. He's just so connected to his emotions and he's so creative and so like in touch with and able to articulate the things that he's feeling. Um, this project had a variety of prompts inside of his elementary school, one of which was to draw a picture of home. And he'd drawn, this was from last year, he'd drawn two pictures of two houses with his arm around each of, my goodness, this is going to make me emotional now. What the heck is happening? Uh, with his arm around, with a huge smile on his face, uh, Ray in her house and me in my house. And as much as I wish that my reaction had just been pride for the work that we've done to create 
this super stable, very happy, you are seen, celebrated, and loved kind of environment in both houses, my reaction was sadness. My reaction was grieving the fact that my kid had to draw these two houses on his piece of paper. Um, And again, uh, not again, as if I've already talked about this, but not because I am in some ways disconnected from the path that we have taken as being the right path or that we each, Ray and I, are uh, in a better place, better versions of ourselves, better able to connect to and unlock all of who we're supposed to be on this planet outside of being married. Um, But because there's something about seeing your kid having to draw this reality that they have two homes in a way that is disconnected from their experience for the previous eight years of their life that evokes sadness, that evokes some sense of grief. And if you as a listener in any way had a set of traditions or had things that happened or had kids a certain age or had uh, certain people in your life and now don't, um, there's a likelihood that this season is going to be something that ends up provoking feelings, unexpected feelings, right? I didn't have the expectation that I was going to open a box of decor and crying would be the thing on the menu for the majority of the balance of the day. And yet here I was confronted with this reality that uh, so much of the traditions that had existed inside of this house when we were us were driven by Ray and not by me. And the idea that now there are these two houses and the idea now that we have um, an opportunity to but also the obligation and responsibility to create new traditions and a new normal inside of this new environment felt sad and somewhat overwhelming in real time. What's interesting, and if I, you know, like I'm, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to write a book on like the things I wish I wouldn't have done in divorce and other stories of hope. I mean, that would be the tagline. Um, <laughs> but... What's interesting in opening up this box and getting past this like moment where I am, you know, returned to my grief is last year when everything was so fresh and so ripe, the idea of celebrating with the decor that had existed in our house when it was us felt really hard. And so when we got to the holidays, I made a decision in the midst of that healing and that pain to send everything that had ever been part of our traditions, Ray's way. She was like, she just let out when it came to decorating the house with the music on and some weird batch of smell good stuff that was always cooking on low on the, on the kitchen stove. And... I was the beneficiary of the way that she had all of this Christmas spirit, and I, you know, certainly participated, but was not, again, that was not my spiritual gifting, and so in a weird way, it felt like, hey, since this is a thing that you lead out on, like, please, take all of these things, like, you, in, in some ways, helped either procure these things or were a champion on behalf of these things, and there's a part of me a year later that wishes, man, it would have been nice if I had the foresight to understand that I'd want to be able to connect to some of those memories that had existed instead of having to start more or less from scratch and building and creating new memories 
and new ornaments and new stockings and new whatever it ends up being because that exercise this year as much as again i know this is the right path i know this is the, this is the good path it felt like it was something that ended up adding some additional unnecessary weight that would have been nice were i to have foreseen it a thing that i could have avoided but it is what it is selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i got the tree up on the same day that i experienced the beautiful and tragic two houses picture that Ford had drawn. And I will say this because I, you know, like I don't want to like be overly dramatic about it. Like a day later, two days later, I was so connected to that feeling of gratitude that my son could draw a picture where he's as happy in both houses and that miracle of my worry that, man, this is in some ways going to hurt him or break him or he's not strong enough to handle the trauma of this change in our relationship. This was a beautiful piece of evidence that, of course, there are things in this that I'm sure that he does not like and certainly probably doesn't like to have to grow through. But there has been good and resilience and strength that has been born out of having to be resilient and strong. And, and as a thing that like, hey, what are you proud of in this last year? The pride that I might have for the way that my kids feel as normal in what ends up being a new normal for them is part of what I have pride for. So the good news is that thing that created the tears two days later was a source of pride, was a source of gratitude. And, um, and it just is, again, a, sh a showcase in the way that time tends to change the way that we see and think about all things. But uh, I got the tree up and that like decision to have the decorations from last year had her way because of it being a thing that she let out on was now acutely in my consciousness because my tree looked bare. I mean, like they're just, I just didn't decorate as much last year in part because we were together. We decided to have our first Christmas post-divorce is one that we would spend together with the kids for the kids. Um, and as much as it was beautiful for them, it was hard and, and I think uncomfortable, challenging for us um, just because of all the emotion that of course gets 
brought back up when you find yourself at these milestone, big kind of uh, holiday times. Um, and so the decision to have uh, an exchange, as it were, of you get this holiday, Thanksgiving, Dave, uh, I get that, that holiday, Christmas, and we'll flip-flop next year, is a part of how our now normal will take place. It doesn't mean that each of us might be invited to join the other in any of the times that happen in the future, but this is just part of what inevitably ends up happening in divorce. And so here in what now is this first Christmas where we are spending time separately, uh, this reality also of, man, Dave, you have this opportunity and maybe somewhat of a burden because it's not being your spiritual gifting to create some uh, traditions of your own, to create some decor traditions, to create some dinner traditions, to create some when you open presents traditions. And so in a weird way, that is what this year has become. And as I sit here now on December 15th, this day that we will be celebrating our Christmas at the Dave Hollis residence, because of this being the last day that the kids are going to be with me before the 26th day of December, um, we're going to have ourselves a stinking party tonight, right? We are creating a big family meal. Uh, it's a it's a variation on a tradition that had existed when I was still married in that we used to make every single thing. Now we are outsourcing every single thing, but every one of us has been now assigned uh, an item that we will be procuring from uh, local experts who specialize in food creation. And so between uh, a chicken pot pie that is being bought and some fried chicken that is being bought and some salads that are being bought and some we are we are creating uh, a super meal that will be the thing that we indulge in tonight before we open up the presents that have been grabbed for each of the kids by me but that also in a new twist and a twist that I give Heidi credit for because she has done this herself as a tradition in her world and it has been such a treat in mine uh, each of the kids are now or have grabbed a present for each of their siblings and the rule was I mean I gave them a very small amount of money so this was also subsidized by dad um, but I gave them, you know, a $25 to $50 price range that came out of the budget that I had for each of them. So otherwise, I would have been getting them, you know, one more gift. Uh, not that the total budget that I had for each of these kids was very big. But hey, instead of, you know, me buying five presents or four presents, I, I'm going to instead buy three or four and have you, the sibling, buy the one additional final present. But the rule for siblings was, all right, Sawyer, uh, you have to buy a present for Jackson and Ford and Noah, but you cannot get something off of their Christmas list. You have to pick something that you believe they are going to be excited by and that that excitement will be a reflection in some ways of how well you know them. And you cannot get them a gift card because, of course, each of my kids want nothing more than to get a stinking gift card so they can buy something later. No, uh, we're going to try and show you a little bit of love and a little bit of how well you are seen and known in this house by the way that gifts have been purchased. And 
the gifts that have been purchased by these siblings are just the most fun, the most creative. Uh, For example, Jackson, in buying a gift for Ford, knows how much he likes the outdoors, how much he is an adventurer in a Boy Scout kind of way, and Ford has been collecting rocks that he is finding out in the yard, and he found an inexpensive rock shiner. Well, no, that's not the way. That's not what it's called. No one calls it a rock shiner, but it's something that you put a rock inside of that cleans it and makes it look shiny. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job of selling rock shiners, but the bottom line is like that as a thing that he knows Ford is going to be enthused by, but that wasn't on Ford's list. Amazing. Ford, okay, the opposite way for Jackson. I, he just has such a good heart. Gosh, he he decided that uh, doing a donation is a thing that Jackson would love. And so he found an organization that's aligned with some things that Jackson has always represented being passionate about. He made a $50 donation. The donation came with a small plush animal that was a like thank you for you know the way that you've supported our cause. And so Jackson's gonna get to open from Ford this small plush with a little card that says thanks for the donation. I mean, I can't. I'm not made of stone. I'm so grateful for this exercise, but also for some of the choices that these kids have made. Noah's choices, by the way, just bonkers. Because at four, she thinks she knows what they want, but really, she's just buying a bunch of things that she wants and giving them to her brothers in the hopes that they tire of these things immediately and she gets this opportunity to play with or take all of the things that she has bought. What's crazy, too, about, and I don't know if like this resonates at all, but... Uh, I ended up whittling the Christmas lists that I got from each of my kids into a place where they were reasonable. But man, did we start at a place where there was insanity on a piece of paper? Like I dig, well, one, I think there's like something that's kind of neat. I think it's neat. I can't decide if it's neat or terrifying that like, there isn't in some ways an appreciation of the kind of value of money in the way that like my appreciation of the value of money can at times create anxiety or worry or scarcity or whatever it might end up being. And so, especially for the little kids, when they just start writing out these crazy things and I'm like, Oh, you don't understand the difference between $1 and $100 on a relative basis How precious, I wish that you could live in this precious bubble for the rest of time. You can't, but were you able to, maybe there would be something, (laughs) there would be something in peace or something in, uh, you know, a relief from anxiety if you, you know, like had the privilege of never having to be overwhelmed by this reality of money. But guess what? That's not why or how the world works. Uh, You need to become acclimated to the reality that giving me a list of Christmas gifts that totals in 10 gifts, $4,896 is insane. And that your, uh, you know, suggestion that a, you know, a PC, how many of, how many of you out there had your kid ask for a thing that's like 10 times more expensive than the nicest present you ever got when you were a kid. This happens in the first pass, the first draft, 
of the Christmas lists every single year. And it takes this, and, and maybe it's a negotiation. Maybe they're just like the smartest negotiators of all time where they're like, oh, I know, I'll go in high. I'll throw out the wildest and most crazy thing I can think of. And maybe in that wildest and most crazy thing I can think of, I'll end up getting a more expensive present because at least I'm not getting the PC, but I can still get that, you know, $250 thing. And it's like, in what universe, respectfully, do you think that you're getting a $250 thing? That's not how it works around here. I'm going to need a list of things in the $10 to $50 range. Thank you very much. Um, but anyway, uh, we started with crazy and then we ended up getting into rational reasonable this is the kind of stuff that yes actually is a possibility thank you very much <laughs> there's just something funny about the dance where uh for years you know like i would try and like massage and nuance this and now i am and maybe it just makes me a jerk but like i am so direct and so blunt about the ridiculousness of the things that go beyond the budget of Christmas the second that the list is handed to me. So um, God bless Ford. He sent, he, he gave me this list and there was probably 12 things on the list and 11 of them were, were just, sorry, thank you. I appreciate your audacious streaming. No, I, this is just, this is going to be a no for me, dog. There is no way that you are getting all of these things. I'm gonna need you to go back and uh, and start this list over. And when I say start over, I mean you can keep number eight and the rest of them. You're gonna have to get a job for. Like I, you're gonna have to get a, a lawn mowing job. You're gonna have to start babysitting. There's gonna you're gonna have to do something, and uh, and save your money. And after you've worked for one thousand hours, then you can afford. Items two, seven, and nine. Uh, but before then, I'm going to need a new list. <laughs> so funny. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. How many of you, this is such a random segue, but how many of you buy gifts for yourself? Uh, I had, I, I've had this experience the last couple of years where, um, and last year in particular, last year, was a super emotional year, this first year post-divorce. Yep, we had Christmas morning together, but the chaos of and discombobulation of all of what was new and the emotion around trying to be okay with new, um, I think in some ways distracted uh, a little bit from, hey, did we think about getting the grown-ups inside of this uh, family unit a gift? Not that, you know, I expect much from my kids, but draw me a picture at school, put it in an envelope, put my name on it, and on Christmas morning, it, were I to have just a single thing to open, I think it might uh, have made the experience of that Christmas feel just a little bit better. So this year, as much as 
I gave a budget to my kids. Hey, here's 20 bucks that you can spend on good old dad. I'm not sure that I am uh, still waking up on, well, I was going to say Christmas morning, but December 15th today uh, with a ton of things wrapped under the tree for good old me. It sounds, this sounds like an insane person's plea for wanting to have gifts to open, but also I think it's a human thing to want to have something to open on Christmas. And so I was like, I'm not going to take chances that these small humans are going to remember. I would, again, gladly take a craft. You want to just do a little self-portrait of me that uh, I will smile at, even though it looks a little bit like the uh, artist's rendering of an axe murderer? That's fine. I'm happy to do that. Any, any little craft will do. But this year, I was like, I'm not taking chances. And I went on to eBay. I am a sports memorabilia enthusiast, and I bought myself some basketball cards. And they arrived. I resisted the temptation to open all of them immediately because that is the thing that I look forward to so much. And I, I just went and wrapped that on up. I want to say that I have, uh, you know, like nameplates or cards that say to and from, uh, but I, I roll in a, in a little less classy way. I cut a little piece of the old wrapping paper and then I write uh, to and from and then fold it over because I'm a gentleman uh, so that you have to open it up and see who it's to and from. And this one says to Dave from Dave. And uh, I have no shame in this. And I'm, by the way, very excited very, very excited to open up that present tonight. And uh, uh, if you are are waiting for uh, some person in your life to get the hint that uh, there's a certain gift that you'd like or that you uh, are hoping that your kids might uh, indulge you with literally anything to open on uh, Christmas Day, instead of hoping that hope, you might consider buying yourself something, wrapping it up to me, from me, and uh, enjoying the thing that you actually want because uh, that's what's going to happen this year. And I'll tell you, I feel very good about this decision. I feel very good about this choice. Uh, The complexity of blending families at Christmas is now a new thing that I am in the midst of also trying to traverse. It's, it's It's such an interesting thing. I don't know that I ever even contemplated dating period but I also never really gave thought to what dating was going to feel like in my having kids and this person in Heidi that I'm dating having kids uh, how you honor the traditions that exist on each side how you honor the connection that exists to family on each side and try to allow each of these family units the opportunity to come together and experience some of the holiday in a way that doesn't take away from those traditions. It is, uh, it's wildly more complicated than I would have given credit to. Not, not, not so much in a, like in a bad way, but in a, oh man, there are more things that you have to think about than I would have given credit to kind of way. Um, Thanksgiving as a, for example. So for Thanksgiving this year, I had the kids for Thanksgiving Heidi had her kids for Thanksgiving, and originally we had this plan of, hey, we're going to have this uh, gathering in Texas, we'll all come together, and by all, right, Rachel and this person that she's dating were going to come, 
uh, Heidi's ex-husbands and their, you know, if, if they had somebody in their life were certainly invited to also come. We were going to have like a circus basically in my house and everyone's going bring, you know, make a side, make a dessert, bring a thing. And we we're going to have a like, oh, nice day of community and eating and watching football. And it was going to be great. And then we had <clears throat> Heidi and I, a conversation about this reality that in the original planning, I just hadn't given a lot of thought to. And that was, uh, hey, you know, I have three siblings, each of whom have great wives, each of whom have a gaggle of kids, and my mom, who live in Phoenix, or just around Phoenix where she lives, and they are all gathering, and we have a handful of traditions that have historically taken place with this family, and that was contrast against this reality that I've only been in Texas for a couple of years, I don't have any extended family out here because we spent Thanksgivings in consecutive years out of state. We haven't established a ton of Texas-based tradition. The idea that I might, in wanting to create this thing at my house, do so at the expense of the traditions and the family and the connection that have historically existed on Heidi's side for Heidi's kids with Heidi's mom and her brothers and sister-in-law. Like that, that was something again, like I just hadn't thought about. And so here we now come in. So anyway, we ended up having an amazing, I mean, just an amazing Thanksgiving in Phoenix. And as much as it ended up coming at the expense of Ray and her boyfriend being able to join us, they understood, had other plans immediately, were super excited for um, taking their own adventure their way. And it, not by all means, doesn't mean that there won't be an opportunity for us to gather the crew when the crew all gathers, you know, for next Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving after. But it allowed the traditions that have always existed and the experience that Heidi's kids have always had to continue. And for my kids, who hadn't really had a consistent tradition around Thanksgiving, it gave them this awesome opportunity to dive into a park filled with football and a trampoline, and like all, all of the things that they frankly were interested in. They, the, the request of my kids was, we'd love to just have a big family Thanksgiving where preferably football is played, I mean, all Noah wanted was to play with Ruby, uh, Heidi's youngest daughter. But like, we were able to satisfy that, and it was a great time. So now here we come to Christmas, and it's again, we have this opportunity where we're going to have an experience that tries to preserve both the traditions that exist on my side and her side, and the dance of how we integrate our sides to maybe create something new in traditions or have experiences. And it's just, um, there's nuance to it, right? I have this amazing tradition that has existed forever and ever called our pajama brunch. It happens usually the day before or a couple days before Christmas this year because of the way kids exist with Ray and my brother also uh, someone who has been divorced. His ex has their kids before Christmas too. We decide, hey, you know what, pajama brunch this time, is this year is going to be uh, the day after or two days after Christmas. And so here we now have this opportunity for tradition where I am going to be bringing my kids, meet them from having been with Ray on the 26th, take them into this pajama brunch on the 27th. We're going to, you know, have this amazing experience with my family. 
that for 80% of the time that we're at Pajama Brunch is going to be us doing us, but that at the end of said gathering is going to have Heidi and her crew come over and join us for dessert and get a chance to see my siblings who she's already met and have, you know, her kids get to, you know, be introduced to my my nieces and nephews, my kids' cousins, and um, and and start to have a little bit of an integrating process that doesn't feel overwhelming. But we're also spending what ends up being the better part of the week in California because my kids' cousins are there, Heidi's mom's got a place there, her brother's got a place, like there's family that's local. And so we had this really interesting conversation of like, well, what's like what's best? And like best for us was creating separate time for each of our individual families to indulge in connecting with our individual families and then separately creating time where we're blending it up, where we're, you know, having Sawyer and Maddox, who are literally a separated birth duo, um, letting them have some adventure, whether it's, you know, down by a boardwalk in Newport or down by where my parents live in Dana Point. But all of it, as it turns out, is, you know, just kind of a walk before you run. Think, uh, you know, a little bit about how the intention of the experience that you'd hope for for the kids is part of what leads the conversation. Um, Our time in California is not a vacation per se for Heidi and I. It's an opportunity for our kids to connect with family and their cousins to experience Christmas in a way that develops and creates some memories. And those memories are going to be this interesting but awesome mosaic of our time their time and our collective time right and there's uh, there's something beautiful and interesting about that hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. All right. Headline in all of this is, I mean, this was like me kind of just going all over the board. Um, If in any way you are experiencing anything in like the up and down of emotion inside of this holiday season, uh, I just want to let you know that I am right there along with you, that there is something in all of the holidays 
no matter what your relationship status is, no matter if you have kids or don't, no matter if you've got tradition or don't, there is something in the holidays that sneaks up every once in a while and will make you feel things that you did not expect because there is so much memory, there's so much nostalgia, there's so much anticipation, there's so much hope, there's so much expectation that every once in a while it can feel overwhelming, it can create anxiety, it can create sadness or grief for um, what was instead of what is or a new normal in the way that things have transitioned, whether it's, again, a relationship or kids growing up. And these are all incredibly normal things. They are all incredibly normal things. I can tell you as a person who is experiencing this first Christmas without my kids, right? This will be the first Christmas where on Christmas morning, I won't, goodness gracious, um, I won't be, I won't be there on Christmas morning when they wake up. Um, and so in real time, man, that is producing something of an emotional reaction for me because firsts are hard and um, and at the same time I've never had Christmas at my house on December 15th I've never like last night holy cow uh, everyone got to open up a single present for the quote-unquote Christmas Eve uh, the present that I <laughs> delivered to Noah and Ford was their request for new beds and as much as like, man, I like a practical request like the next person, Ford and I spent hours of time building a bunk bed that he has wanted literally every single day since he met Heidi's son, Cash Powell, in that Cash has a bunk bed that he thinks is so rad. And so he, gosh, he just wanted this bunk bed. And it's not a fancy bunk bed, but even non-fancy bunk beds have 4,800 pieces that are required to be put together. And we had the most incredible memory-making day, like classic rock playing in the background, memory-making day, building this bunk bed. And so I, I can hold that, yeah, there's, there's some sadness, there's some interesting feelings, there's some grieving that ends up happening when you realize, man, this is going to be the first December 25th that I wake up on since I've been a dad for 15 almost years. I have had an experience where I'm waking up and my children are with me and that's not going to happen this year. And so, man, I can, yep, I can be sad about that and I can hold that sadness at the exact same time that I hold what ends up being an abundance of joy and a ton of gratitude for some new traditions, some new things that are happening inside of my house that, by the way, are a total departure, total departure from the kind of traditions that existed when I was married. And there's beauty in that. And there's still some grief in that. And it's okay to have and hold both. And so I hope uh, more than anything that you're able to find a way to make peace with both existing at the same time. Because as much as some of the unexpected emotion that shows up or the expectations that you have or the change that you're feeling or the grief that you're processing isn't necessarily something that you'd like to feel, it is normal. 
It is just a reflection of your humanity and a reflection of these times being crazy. And um, the thing that I needed to hear most that day that I opened up the box and there weren't as many decorations and Ford's got a picture of two houses with big smiles on their faces. And what I needed to hear was, Dave, give yourself some grace because um, you're going to need you're going to need an abundance of grace anytime you're going through a season that unexpectedly has emotion show up and that unexpectedly has you feeling something that you didn't think you might feel. Um, And the other thing I would say is if you're able to get into community and just honor the feelings that you're having, um, for me to be able to speak out loud the things that we're living inside has been such a blessing Um, I'm not, again, I'm not like overwhelmingly happy at all times with all of the feelings, but suffering really thrives in the dark and sadness and grief really thrive in the dark. And in some ways they do because of what feels like a little bit of shame or a little bit of, um, the, the way that this weird social media world that we live in tends to portray this curated version of how happy everyone else's Christmas preparations are going or how well-adjusted everyone else is in new normal or how whatever it ends up being, right? And it's not real. And so there's something in community that ends up allowing you to appreciate how normal it is to feel the things that you're feeling and maybe... If someone who's had an experience like the one you're describing found something of a remedy, found some tool, found some hack, by talking honestly about what you're feeling, one, you'll feel seen, you'll be made to feel human and normal, but also you might get a tip or a a trick that worked for them when they were experiencing their first Christmas of new or they were uh, processing some unexpected grief that was showing up or some unexpected heavier harder feelings that were showing up Um, this is an awesome awesome window of time this is one of my favorite favorite seasons and it's also one that has um, space enough to hold heavier feelings hard feelings grief and sadness Um, there is enough space for both to exist and, and, I, and it's just normal that they both do. So I hope more than anything that you have an amazing Christmas this year, that you are able to be surrounded by the people that remind you of why you're here, of why you work the way that you do, the, 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 the people that bring you back to center or or bring you back to and ground you into what actually matters. This is that season for me that tends to really remind me of what's important and what isn't important at all. And I, and I wish and hope that same thing for you. Uh, I hope that you are able to celebrate this reason, the reason for this season, the birth of Christ, that uh, you might do so in a way that honors the intention that you were created with in how you might show up kindly for other people, how you might uh, create space and community for those that are desperate for it in this season. 
Uh, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. I appreciate what has been uh, a really great year. You know, way more wins than losses, way more ups than downs, uh, but absolutely 100%, a non-linear journey that your continued support and continued community have meant so much to me. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to 2022 and all that it will bring. And so between now and then, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas with your family, a happy new year, and I look forward to all the abundance, all the good, all the joy that will come for the rest of this holiday season and everything that 2022 is going to bring. Between now and next week, I hope you have a fantastic time with the people you love most. We'll see you on the next episode of Rise Together.